All right, welcome back, everyone. We've got a special Locked On crossover edition for you guys today. This is John Chick with Locked On Rangers, joined by Nolan Bianchi of Locked On Red Wings. Nolan, how are we doing today, buddy? Not too bad. How about you, John? Uh, pretty good. You know, ready for some hockey. I feel like, uh, you know, this all-star break has kind of gone forever for really both of our teams. We've both been waiting for over a week. Are, are you ready to watch some hockey tonight? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's been a long, long time. Uh, I'm ready to hopefully, you know, obviously you probably aren't rooting for this. I'm hoping to see a Red Wings win. I haven't seen one in like four weeks. So that's what <laughs> yeah, I'm I, most hoping for. Uh, I believe it's, is it like six straight losses now? Yep. Yep. Entering the all-star break. So it was pretty ugly. Yeah, it's tough, man. Um, And, you know, going into the all-star break, it looked like the Rangers were really kind of starting to make their move and kind of climb up the standings a little bit. They had one four out of five. And then they lost their last two games. They lost a, a couple of home games against the Blue Jackets and the Islanders. And I thought they played fairly well in both those games. But sometimes you just come up on the short end of the stick. And that's what happened there. And, you know, the next thing you know, you're, you're double-digit points out of the playoffs. So uh, definitely a little bit discouraging to see the the Rangers kind of stumble right before the break there. It can happen but... that fast. Sorry, what's that? It can happen that fast. Yeah, no, it really can. I mean, it doesn't take much for you to to either go up or down uh, the playoff the playoff standings. And the one thing that's giving me some hope is that the Rangers play seven of their next eight games against teams that are on the outside of the playoffs looking in. Obviously, that starts with a couple games against the Red Wings here. But um, I want to ask you about the Red Wings. I mean, obviously, it's been a really tough season there. But are there any positives for you guys? Or is there any like one or two player who's maybe, uh, you know, exceeded expectations, given you guys a little bit more than you would have expected? Well, you've seen the uh, the emergence of Tyler Bertuzzi, right? He obviously made the All Star game. He was a Red Wings representative in uh, in St. Louis last weekend. Uh, he's tied with Dylan Larkin for a team high thirty six points. Uh, I think you're really starting to see him come into his own this year. And then, uh, really, just that that entire top line with Larkin, uh, and and then recently uh, the emergence of Philip Zadina, I think has really been the lone bright spot for the Red Wings this year. I think Dylan Larkin certainly. Uh, has emerged as the obvious captain candidate going forward. Uh, I think he definitely will be the next Red Wings captain. And uh, yeah, if there's anything to take away, it's that they they have a decent core, you know, starting to build on the offensive end. Uh, right now, it's just that defensive end that's absolutely killing them. Yeah, and I wanted to ask about Bertuzzi specifically. I'm glad you mentioned him. It looks like he is a free agent after this season. I mean, are you hopeful that the Red Wings kind of, you know, sit down with him and and get something done? Or is he somebody who could be uh, a little bit of maybe even a trade candidate? I mean, what what do you see with Bertuzzi kind of going forward with with your team? Uh, I would be very surprised if they move him in any capacity. Uh, I do think that they definitely have kind of pigeonholed him as one of the leaders of this team that's going to be part of that core, uh, like we talked about. I think right now, uh, the way the way it's kind of shaken out is it's going to be, you know, that top line with Bertuzzi, uh, Larkin, and uh, Zadina, and then Mantha. So that's kind of like their top four forwards right now that I think they're really kind of building on going forward. Uh, of course, they got some, some prospects and stuff like that, but I think they're really counting on Tyler Bertuzzi long-term to be here. Uh, and be a part of this team's future for sure. And something else that you mentioned was the idea of Red Wings captain and the Rangers and Red Wings kind of in similar situations there. Uh, Nothing really set in stone for either team, but it sounds like Larkin might be the front runner for you guys. And for the Rangers, I would imagine it's probably uh, Mika Zibanejad. But I mean, you know, you're obviously a big Red Wings fan. I mean, is is Dylan Larkin your guy going forward? And and could that happen possibly as soon as uh, this upcoming season, Larkin being the captain? 
Uh, I would say so. Um, you know, you kind of just look at the makeup of the team and nobody has really stood out as like on a night to night basis. Like even if they don't make the score sheet, Dylan Larkin is always doing something. Uh, I point back to the most recent example of this. They're playing in Colorado at uh, at 3 p.m. on the East Coast. So, you know, 1 or 2 p.m., whatever, the, however that the time zones work, uh, <laughs> you know, on MLK Day. And uh, they they've just lost two home games over the weekend. And uh, Dylan Larkin, they're down, I think, three goals in the third period. And he's making incredible four checks to force a turnover behind the net to, you know, get a pass out front and score a goal. Uh, It's just one of those things where every night, you know, you can kind of count on him at least making somewhat of a a difference and being noticeable. I think right now that is like kind of just the bare minimum for what the Red Wings are at. But uh, I think he's definitely he's definitely emerged as a leader. And, you know, he's out there every night talking to the media. He's never going to hide from anything. And, uh, yeah, I, I really do think that they have the guy uh, in Dylan Larkin. And, and what better guy to make him the captain than the captain in Steve Eiserman? So very interesting times right now uh, in Detroit. Not necessarily, f- you know, this, this is a rock bottom of epic proportions, no doubt. Yeah. But uh, I think there are some some things to be excited about, and Dylan Larkin and his future as the team's captain is definitely one of them. Yeah, it's impressive that, you know, he's kind of, you know, you mentioned that he meets with the media and he's, he doesn't run from anything. I mean, I, I think you find out a lot about a guy, you know, in a, in a season like this when think, clearly nothing has gone Detroit's way and, you know, he, he's just kind of hanging in there. And obviously he has a, a fairly long-term contract with the Red Wings. So, yeah, I mean, as an outsider looking in, I mean, Dylan Larkin looks like a great pick to me. And and, and for- it's tough. He's a, he's a hometown kid, too. That's that's something that, you know, I think probably gets overlooked is I think there's a lot of pressure on him to be that guy. Yeah. And uh, and he's really handling it well. You know, he's from just a couple miles he's in a suburb north of Detroit. Uh, you know, they, they he was the first 19 year old to make the Red Wings roster since Steve Eiserman. He's had a lot of pressure on him since he joined the league. And I think he's stepped into every leadership role he possibly could. For sure. And uh, for the Rangers, I mean, I would actually be a pro Chris Kreider being the next captain. But the thing about that is, uh, as I'm sure you've heard, he's, his name comes up in trade talk in a nearly constant basis. Yeah. And so I don't think he's going to be here. I, I think he'd be great captain's material if the Rangers somehow worked out a long-term extension with him before the trade deadline. But the way things stand right now, I, I think it's got to be Mika Zibanejad going forward. I mean, he's a guy who just continues to get better and better. He's on the verge of superstardom if he's not already there. And he does the little things kind of like Larkin does. You know, Zibanejad will be out there on the penalty kill as well. And, you know, just a guy that, you know, you're going to great get great effort from him night in and night out. And he's always going to, you know, meet with the media afterwards. And, you know, just a, a great lead-by-example type player. But I think it's also good that the Rangers and, and maybe the Red Wings as well, they didn't necessarily – force a captain this season like it's okay to go a season right. or two without a captain if if it's not time for it if there's not somebody who's ready to to step in that role and just instead just roll out a bunch of alternate captains and let the leader just kind of naturally emerge absolutely and, and especially with a situation like you're in right now where the rangers are in where you know they're fighting for a playoff spot but also you know you don't want to mortgage the future because you have a ton of talent down low and so you got a guy like sabinajad you know he's 26 he's under contract through 2022 uh, I, I definitely think that that's probably the right move. And admittedly, I don't watch as much Rangers hockey as, you know, you probably would have guessed that. But uh, no, I think you definitely that's I think that's like kind of the perfect age, the perfect experience. And like you mentioned, he's only getting better. So I think it's really, really exciting what is actually going on in New York right now.
And that's something I wanted to talk to you about, John, is, you know, what is the the sense around Ranger Town? They're, they're kind of on the cusp of making the playoffs this year, but they know they got a good future. So kind of is there a, any sort of sense of urgency to make the playoffs this year? Uh, it's something that is definitely a goal for the team. And, you know, Coach David Quinn has talked about that as well. But I think the Rangers, the front office and the way they've done business the last year, they're not going to push all of their chips in this year and like be buyers at the trade deadline just to squeak into the playoffs. And as, as much value as there is, especially, you know, Rangers have the youngest team in, in the league. So there's clearly value with making the playoffs, even if you don't really do a whole lot and you get knocked out in the first round. Uh, I think there is some value in getting that that taste of playoff experience and, and just having that moving sure. forward. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, the Rangers do have a pretty significant amount of impending free agents, and I, I fully expect them to probably be sellers. You know, I did an episode not that long ago where I kind of campaigned for them to hang on to, uh, to Chris Kreider, see if they can work out some kind of long-term extension with him before the deadline. But I just don't think that's going to happen. When you look at how the Rangers have done business these last couple of years, uh, both of the previous two seasons, they've basically uh, just had a fire sale at the deadline and move veterans out of town to bring in, you know, prospects and draft picks and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, as nice as it would be to see them get in the playoffs and as much as as much fun. I mean, it's, it's just fun to see your team in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's the best playoff yeah. tournament in sports. But, mm-hmm. you know, I can't get and And, you know, there is some impatience every now and then from Ranger fans and myself included. But. You know, I can't get I can't kill the front office if they again move some of these veterans to, you know, kind of mortgage the future a little bit. And the one thing that I mentioned in a not too recent uh, episode is I would just like to see them re-sign one of these impending free agents long term. And whether that's Chris Kreider or whether that's Jesper Faust or Tony D'Angelo or Ryan Strom, just just show me something that it's not going to be like this every season where every single veteran just gets shipped out of town. And, and we're kind of just caught right. in this cycle of, of never-ending rebuilding. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And and there's a fine line to be had there because you can kind of get caught up in purgatory uh, in a sense where you're not bad enough to get a super high draft pick, but you're not good enough to make the playoffs. Uh, it feels like to me, like I, I remember that letter going around to Rangers fans uh, saying that the team was going to be rebuilding. And like I said, I don't keep up with, with the Rangers as much as uh, – as much as you guys do over there, but I feel like that was only like a year or two ago. So just take me through how all of this has transpired and kind of how, how this team has gone through this process so quickly. Yeah. So it wasn't that long ago where the Rangers, you know, every season they were making uh, deep playoff runs, you know, as recently as uh, I don't know, probably five years ago, I believe it was, they were in the Eastern conference finals and the year before that they were in the Stanley cup finals. And so basically what has happened is a lot of these players, you know, either their contracts were coming up or they were getting older And the Rangers were kind of at a crossroads where it was like, you know, they made the playoffs one year after the Eastern Conference final season, but they got knocked out in the second round and they were kind of at this crossroads where, okay, do we really think that this team, I mean, it was still a decent team, but do we really think that this team is truly a Stanley Cup uh, contender? And it was getting to the point where it looked like that championship window had kind of closed. And so the Rangers, rather than, as you mentioned, kind of getting caught in between, they opted to basically just do this teardown rebuild. And that's why you've seen trades of, you know, players like Matt Zuccarello and Kevin Hayes and JT Miller and Ryan McDonough. You know, you could go on and on and on. And I understand where they're coming from because, you know, again, they don't, the ultimate goal should not be to just make the playoffs. You know, they're, they're kind Mm -hmm. of, they're looking at the future and they want to have a true Stanley cup contender rather than just being this team that, 
you know, gets into the playoffs, but isn't really much of a threat to do a whole lot. And obviously, I'm sure they didn't take that decision lightly, uh, but it takes guts to do what they did. You know, they moved a lot of uh, veteran players, a lot of very popular players, and they kind of just bit the bullet and said, okay, it's not going to be all that pretty right now, but we are going to rebuild this thing from scratch, just kind of from the foundation up, and eventually this will pay off. And, you know, so far you're seeing that. You know, you're seeing new guys like, uh, you know, Philip Heedle has struggled a a little bit recently, but you've got guys like Adam Fox and Tony D'Angelo and, all these guys, you know, Capo Caco, obviously, in the draft, all these guys that you've brought in uh, via trade who are are really panning out for the Rangers and, and really playing well this season. And you're starting to see the fruits of the labor a little bit. And really, we're only about, what is this, the third year of the rebuild, I suppose. And it's coming together. You know, they're, again, they're on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. But I they they have some young, exciting players, man. And I, I do, I have bought into what this front office is doing. But I, I still would argue that you could keep a veteran or two around. It wouldn't kill you to have one or two players over 30. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And I just think that the situation as a whole is super interesting, like, as a Red Wings fan, because, you know, you like you mentioned, they go to the Stanley Cup Finals, they go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then they realize immediately, okay, this isn't what's going to get us to the Cup. We got to think fast, act fast, and then, boom, two years later, three years later, uh, they're right back in the thick of things with a ton of a talent on the way to boot. And, you know, that's something that we kind of went through in Detroit where we, you know, they, they went to two straight Stanley cup finals, won one of them. And then they had a first place finish, a second place finish in the division. And then from there, the goal was just make the playoffs. And that's all they did. They had, they didn't, they didn't finish higher than third for, I think it was four straight years, but they kept that, playoff streak alive got it to 25 and uh and it was one of those things where red wings fans are kind of looking around like uh i feel like we should probably be tearing this down i don't know if henrik <laughs> zetterberg is going to be able to the, the guy's back is is broken like every you know couple of months or something's wrong with it like this is not trending in the right direction and something needs to change now but then you know they go three four years of just living in that purgatory then you know, they have no no prospects. They got nothing in the cupboard. They got a ton of bad contracts that can't be moved. And, and so I think just as a Red Wings fan, I look at the Rangers situation and, and, and I think to myself, man, where would the Red Wings be if they decided to do that in 2013, 2014? No, I'm with you. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. And Now, do you think that they possibly uh, kind of procrastinated with the rebuild just kind of to preserve that playoff streak. I mean, that, that playoff streak is one of the more unbelievable streaks. It, it's kind of an underrated thing. I mean, what, 25 years, right, of making the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, no, and I definitely do think that because if you look at the – you look at a lot of the signings that they made, whether it be, you know, in the offseason or at the trade deadline, and they just didn't move the needle at all. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and, you know, the I think the days uh, – I think we all understood that the days of every – you know, top free agent wanting to come to Detroit, the Luke Robitaille, the Brett Halls, the guys like that. Uh, but when your top free agent signing is Mike Commodore, you know, like that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. And no, so like, and and so I definitely think that a lot of those moves and like every Red Wings fan that I know can attest to this, that had a big part to do with that. They had a new arena that was going to be uh, that, that just opened up a, a year or two ago and they were kind of, wanting to make sure that they kept their fans in the last years of Joe Louis arena, keep that arena filled while the new one was on the way. 
And uh, I definitely do think that that team was simply built to make the playoffs and nothing less. Right, right. Now, is there that obviously the playoff streak has ended among Red Wings fans? Is there a good feeling that the front office kind of knows what it's doing now? That, I mean, is is this thing going to turn anytime soon? I mean, is there at least a, a plan in place? Because for me, one of the most frustrating things in sports is if I'm a fan of a team and it just seems like there's there's no plans whatsoever. So, I mean, do fans feel like there's kind of a plan in the in place for the Red Wings going forward? No, definitely. I get that. I'm a Lions fan. So, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I definitely feel that. But uh, yeah, I think that right now there's a, a and I, you know, we we had the I had the lockdown Pistons host on a couple of days ago and we kind of talked about, you know, which fan base has it worse right now. And uh, and I think the one thing that the Red Wings have on their side is Steve Eiserman in, in the front office, because right now as bad as it is, like, like I mentioned before, it's a, it's a rock bottom of epic proportions. Like let's call it what it is. But I think that a lot of fans are apathetic because they, you know, can point to the Ken Holland years and say, well, that was his mess. We got a guy in there now who knows what he's doing. And we've seen a draft from Steve Eiserman. He kind of shocked everybody in his first draft, went up and grabbed Mo Sider at six. Everybody was really, really surprised by that. But I mean, by all accounts, Mo Sider has turned into uh, what looks like a really, really, really solid NHL prospect. Uh, and then he hasn't tried to do too much. He's made a bunch of like mid mid to low tier trades with with, you know, like wavering prospects. And and I've, I've just been impressed with the way he's managed everything he, where he's not trying to bite off more than he can chew. And it does seem like they have a plan in place where uh you know, they're going to manage everything well and they don't want to overspend until they're in a, until they're in their window to contend. Do you think there's anyone who could potentially be on the move at the trade deadline for the Red Wings? Anyone they, they would want to ship out and maybe get, you know, a draft pick of, of some kind? Definitely. I mean, there's a couple guys, but uh, with the injury situations this year, it's been kind of tough. I think two of the guys that they, you would ideally like to move at the deadline is Mike Green and uh, Andreas Athanasiu. Mike Green, is you know kind of getting hurt on and off it's kind of been the story of or the tale of his tape for a couple of years now uh and andreas athanasiu he's hurt right now as well and having a, a pretty terrible year coming off a 30 goal season so their two biggest pieces look like you know not worth much right now right uh and then and then you have uh you know there was a report last week saying trevor daly you know let the red wings management he would like to be moved uh so that right now is looking at 36 year old trevor daly who's I think he's got four points in 22 games this season. Uh, he's looking like one of their best uh, or at least most likely options for a trade at this point, which doesn't necessarily, you know, inspire a lot of confidence. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. They're going to have to get creative to pick up assets for sure. Yeah, I mean, he could be a nice depth piece for, you know, a contending team. And certainly if you're the Red Wings, there's no reason to hold on to him. I mean, he's in the last year of his deal and he's 36 years old. So I would imagine they they would definitely be looking to move him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think you can get a possibly get a contender to pay for a mid to late round pick that uh, that defensive depth in the playoffs is so huge, especially with a guy who's already won a couple cups. So I think there might be some sort of market for him, but nothing that's going to nothing that's going to net him, you know, a first round pick unless they do get something good for that Athens pick. But I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't hold my breath for that. Yeah. And uh, what about Jimmy Howard? Because obviously, you know, he's having a really tough season and I realize it's not all his fault. You know, he doesn't exactly have a ton of help around him, but I believe he has a goals against average that, that might be above four right now. And 
I think I saw that his record is like 219 and two. So, I mean, how hard is it for you to see this guy struggle like this? Because he's obviously had some great seasons for you. And I, I think he was even an all-star last year, was he not? Yeah, absolutely. And and he's another one of those guys where he just simply hasn't, you know, kind of been able to stay healthy his whole career where whenever he starts having a career year, he gets injured. And uh, and then this year you see him come out and he is like he's two and 19 uh, hasn't won since October. Uh, and and like you mentioned, he has a save percentage of eight, eight, three right now. So it definitely is uh, super unfortunate. He's a guy who's been here his whole career. He's 35 years old now. Uh, you really kind of just given, you know, given what he has has been for this franchise, which is a sense of stability within like a, a really crazy tumultuous time, uh, you know, just kind of just kind of breaks your heart a little bit to see him struggling like this. Yeah. I definitely want to see him get a win soon because uh, it's it's certainly not all his fault. I know within the past like couple of weeks leading up to the trade deadline he was playing really really well and it was just the team in front of him was just awful it looked like the other teams were running you know that move in like nhl 13 where if you just go like pass across the you know the ice to anybody on a one-timer it goes in like that was the type of offense that teams are running on detroit just cross crease passes back door all day and uh you know like i said a lot of times it's just a complete lapse in coverage that leaves them hung out to dry so while the stats would reflect that he's having a pretty awful year. And don't get me wrong. He has not, you know, looked good at times, but sure. uh, at least with the past couple of weeks, uh, you, you kind of feel for him because he's played really well. Yeah. I think with Lundqvist, I mean, his numbers aren't quite as bad as Howard, but he's obviously having a, you know, a subpar season by his standards and he's older now he's 37 years old and it's tough. You know, it, it's tough to see these guys who have been, you know, such, you know, the backbones of your, of our respective franchises here, you know, struggle the way that they have. and. You know, the Rangers now, you know, they're rotating three goalies and Lundqvist, you know, barely plays. And, you know, he's not used to being somebody who's going to just play, you know, once every two weeks or twice every three weeks or whatever it might be. And he's obviously in a tough spot right now. And I would love, I mean, I've talked to, about this on my show. I've talked about it with some other Locked On co-hosts, but I, I kind of wish he would just waive his no move clause and just see if, and not that the Rangers are going to get a ton for him because they're not, you know, he's an aging goalie and he's got a big contract, but right. I, yeah, but I would love to see him go to like some Western conference team that has a chance to win the Stanley cup, just to see if we can get uh Lundqvist a Stanley cup. And obviously uh, it wouldn't be as a starter, but to, to see the King uh, raise the cup, uh, that would be a beautiful sight for Rangers fans. As long as it's not for a team like, you know, the Islanders or the flyers or something like that, you know? Right. No, I think, uh, uh, no, I definitely think that we had, a, we had a similar sentiment here with, uh, you know, when Justin Verlander left the Tigers to go to the Houston Astros, I think everybody became a huge Astros fan and was rooting for them just so JV could get a ring. So I definitely get that. Now, uh, yeah. what are, what are the odds that, that something like that happens? And is he, a, has he come out against moving his no or waving his no movement clause or what's the deal with that? Well, about two years ago, the Rangers kind of went to him and, and, you know, not like they were trying to force him out the door or anything, but I, I feel like they were kind of just testing the waters a little bit and just being like, hey, you know, um, you know, we're going into this rebuild. Uh, how would you feel, you know, about playing somewhere else, basically? And he, for the most part, I think has been totally against it. You know, he, he pretty much shot it down and said, no, you know, I want to be a Ranger. And, you know, I, the other thing, the other point that I make every now and then is I think sometimes people forget about the human side of it. Because, yeah. you know, Lundqvist has played there his whole career. And not only that, but he's got a family. He's got two daughters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, maybe he doesn't want to move them all the way across the country to, to Colorado or something. You know what I mean? And um, 
And on one hand, as a Ranger fan, it's kind of cool that he's going to finish his career with the Rangers. But, you know, I don't think there are too many Ranger fans who would, who would see it as sacrilegious if the Rangers traded Lundqvist because you're trying to help him out and you're trying to help him win a championship. And, you know, yeah. I don't think that's going to. I don't think that's going to happen in New York because by the time this team is ready to contend, I mean, he's going to be like 40 years old and, you know, he's a, he's a, his contract is up after next season. And by then he might just retire anyway. So I I think the general sentiment is that Ranger fans would at least be open to it. I don't want to speak for everybody. Maybe there's a contingent that just wants to see him finish his career as a, as a, as a Ranger. But for me, yeah, I mean, I, I would love, and they have two young goalies as well. So it would make room for each of them. And I would love to see him somehow, uh, just kind of jump onto some other team and, and get a Stanley Cup at the end. No, I'm right there with you. I think I share. Uh, you know, I think we share a lot of the same feelings about you know the two respective goaltenders, and I would even argue that Henrik Lundqvist more so than uh, Jimmy Howard is deserving uh, of a cup. You just look at everything. I, I remember when when the Rangers played in that Stanley Cup years back against the Kings, I believe it was right. Yeah. Uh, I was pulling so hard for the Rangers because I just wanted. I like hit. I think Hank for me is my man. I wish that guy got a cup. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that cause I hopped on this, this podcast right here and I'm not trying to pander to uh, not trying to pander to all the Rangers fans out there, but I really do believe that uh, you just look at what he's accomplished both, you know, into like statistically and then in international play, it's just, uh, it's a shame. He doesn't have a cup. Yeah. And I mean, on top of that, he's a good guy as well, you know, and he always faces yeah. the music win, lose or draw, well, no draw. There's no ties anymore, but you get handsome idea, as you know, hell. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. I, I think, uh, yeah, he had a, he had a, like a, well, like a, a brother in the league as well. They had, they had the Lundqvist yep. family. So, yep. I mean, it, it's just one of those things, you know, it, it just feels wrong that he's probably going to wrap up his career without a Stanley Cup. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess those are just the breaks sometime. And I suppose that the cold, hard truth is that, you know, not every player, not every great player in the NHL gets to win a Stanley Cup. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing in the towel yet. I'm not going to say it's completely impossible, you know, either with the Rangers or with some other team, but it just, mm-hmm. you know, it looks unlikely and it looks like they missed their window to get him a cup. Absolutely. And it's super unfortunate when it's a, when it's a goaltender like that, because, you know, it's when it, when the, there's only so much he can do, but also he's yeah. going to be like on the forefront of criticism. There's going to be detractors who say, you know, no matter what happens in the game, you see it all. I see it like a lot of times with Tuka Rask and where it's like Bruins fans complaining about Tuka Rask. And it's like, Ridiculous. that's not the problem, yeah, you know, like, and, and I think that it's tough to be a goaltender uh, more so than a position player to like have that feeling of not getting one, because I think that whether it's justified or not, there's always going to be that position from the fan base or from a minority section of the the fan base where, they're kind of chirping about that a little bit. So it is unfortunate for the goalies and definitely would love to see, uh, would have loved to see Hank get one. Yeah. It's almost like goalies are kind of like the quarterback uh, of the mm-hmm. NHL. Like, like if a great quarterback, you know, Dan Marino or, or maybe I'm not so sure Philip Rivers is going to get one. Um, you know, any, any great quarterback that doesn't win a Super Bowl, it's like, it, it feels like something is missing there, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I suppose there's not really a whole lot you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I figure, uh, you know, we, we can wrap this up. We've been talking for a while here. Do you have a uh, prediction for Friday night's game as far as, you know, a final score or anything else you want to throw out there? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say five to three Rangers. I'm going to say it's going to be uh, four four to one or four to two heading into the third. The Red Wings are going to make a push, and then they're just going to get squashed at the end. 
<laughs> it's that, funny. That I would be ex- my prediction. Yeah, I had the exact same. <laughs> I had the exact same score written down because the Rangers they can score a lot of goals, but they also give up a lot of goals. And I'll say five three. I don't believe either team has announced the starting goalie, so that makes it a little bit more difficult. But yeah, I, I think five three Rangers uh, sounds just about right for this one in the, in the Garden. Yeah, you'll probably definitely see Jimmy Howard for Detroit. Jonathan Bernier still nursing an injury, and uh, so coming off that break, I think you know they'll probably just throw Howie and he'll be ready to go. That's a good point. I, I would imagine it would probably be him. And for the Rangers, uh, pretty much, I would say flip a coin, but there's really three goalies that it could be. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll 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 see we'll see who ends up out there. But uh, yeah, hey, uh, listen, this was a lot of fun, and uh, we will absolutely have to do this again. So uh, thanks again for joining me today, Nolan. Absolutely, thanks, John. I really appreciate it. All right, man, and uh, Rangers fans, Red Wings fans, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time.